Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician reading website, broadcasting today from our Getting Better Healthcare studios here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Today's topic is health services research. This is the study of how healthcare is delivered, and it's a very extensive field. It covers a lot of things that are very important including variation in healthcare, which, which means that some people are getting a different quality of healthcare than other people. Uh, it covers how physicians are educated and so how they know what kind of healthcare to give people. It covers how well patients take their medicine, which is a critical component to how well uh, doctors are able to improve their patients' conditions. Our guest today is Dr. John Piet, Ph.D. He's VA Senior Research Center Scientist and Professor of Internal Medicine. He's Director of the Program on Quality Improvement for Complex Chronic Conditions, and he's Associate Director for Global Health Communications at the Center for Global Health at one of the leading medical centers in the country, the University of Michigan. Dr. Piet, thank you so much for being on the program today. Um, oh, it's a real pleasure. Yeah. Why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit about what health services research is? Well, health services research is a field that grew out of some observations uh, a couple decades ago when they started to notice that patients with very similar health conditions were getting very different treatments in different parts of a state or different parts of a region. And the people that did this research, research started to, to think, you know what, all of those can't be the right way to provide care since we're doing it so differently. And what can we do to identify what are the best practices, um, what practices have the best outcomes, what practices are more uh, patient-friendly or preferred by our patients, and what things are most cost-effective. And that really was the basis of health services research. So this is about the delivery of healthcare, the way you describe it, it sounds like uh, this started in Dartmouth and and with their work on how much tremendous variation there is, say, in in surgery rates or procedure rates for different conditions across the country. Exactly. I mean, that's what I think as as being some of the foundational work in health services research. And as soon as they started asking why, um, it started to to bring in all kinds of uh, important. Uh, work from other fields like economics, uh, behavioral medicine, psychology, 
sociology, how organizations behave. And so it really is a field that's very, very multidisciplinary and has roots that kind of span across a number of different health and social science disciplines. So tell us a little more uh, about, in detail about that. Why, why are there these variations in how patients are treated? You know, that's a really big question. Uh, there's a number of reasons, uh, and it has to do with, you know, some of the things I, I, I just suggested. Uh, you know, a lot of it has to do uh, with random variation. You know, we're often uh, very good at keeping track of what we do, of, of remembering and having the information available at the point of care of what is the best practice. Uh, people, you know, both providers and patients, uh, we're economic creatures where we respond to immediate economic incentives and whole, you know, diversity of, of things that we want to avoid or that attract us. So, so like, you know, there's just a number of different reasons. So when you talk about the incentives, are you talking about incentives on the doctors or on the patients? I think both of them are really important. One, one of the fields that I've uh, gotten very involved in uh, has been the way that patients' costs of their medications affect their ability to take those medications as prescribed. And, and of course, you know, as you would expect, people that have higher medication costs, just like any other healthcare costs, are less likely to follow through with their treatment, especially if they're poor. But again, you know, these things are, are complex and they have multiple factors. And what I started to notice was, you know, even among some of our most disadvantaged, economically disadvantaged patients, you still find patients that continue taking that medication as prescribed while another patient will decide uh, that it costs too much and can't afford it. On the other end of the spectrum, you know, we, we recently completed a study that showed that patients, you know, that have very, very healthy incomes, over $125,000 a year, still about 15% of those people with chronic diseases say, I can't take my medication because it costs too much. So it has to do with um, the economic incentives of the patient. It has to do with their values. And we're very, very careful, increasingly so, trying to structure the um, financial incentives for health systems and doctors and other health care professionals uh, to promote them and to really empower them to do the right thing and avoid doing things that um, you know, are for purely economic gain or that um, don't result in the best patient outcome. I have the sense that patients' costs for taking medicine is, uh, has, has multiple issues associated. If we were to create a system where patients didn't pay for their medicine at all, is it possible they'd end up using it less because they didn't have anything invested in it? I'm not sure if that's the case, but there's no doubt in my mind that if we uh, had a system where patients uh, didn't have to pay at all, there still would be a significant number of patients uh, who still would not take their medication as prescribed. So it's certainly not the cost, the, the barrier, or even the primary primary barrier. Cost is in is is in the soup, uh, but other things that matter a lot to patients are uh, their perceived risks. Patients have a lot of doubts about their medications. Do I actually need this medication? Is it going to make me sick? Is it going to give me side effects? Is it uncomfortable to take this medication? And separate from that, um, their perceived value. Is this a health condition I'm really that worried about? Um, do I think that this is going to have a big impact? Do I think this is a powerful medicine? What about my other health problems? 
And what about the, the other things I want to do with my money, like help my family or, or, you know, help in other aspects of my life? So medication costs to the patients are important, but they're uh, far from being the only thing that, that affects their adherence. Um, sticking to the cost issue, some of the newer medicines are much more expensive than older medicines, and it seems like one of the ways to make those medications utilized most appropriately is not for the doctor to say, well, I'm going to give you the older one because I think it's good enough for you, but to, to because the doctors, I, I think we doctors want to give patients the best possible care. Um, so that insurance companies might put medicines on different tiers, making some medications higher costs than the others. So is there a balancing act between doing that in order to steer people to more reasonably cost therapies without making it um, making good treatment cost prohibitive? Well, I think it's important that uh, we, we don't assume that the new thing, the expensive thing, the thing that's being promoted most to doctors is, is the more powerful or most effective thing. Unfortunately, that is often what doctors think. They get um, much of their information about medications from the pharmaceutical companies that are pro- promoting drugs. And for all kinds of legitimate and more questionable reasons, new drugs, as you said, are, are much more uh, expensive Although there's a number of examples that show that, you know, they can be 10 times as expensive and absolutely no more effective than the old standard treatment. Um, so, you know, you're right. You know, we do, on the other hand, want to make sure that cost isn't the, fi- the primary thing that drives what physicians' decisions are or what health systems or health insurance decisions are. There are more efforts to do what they call value-based uh, insurance, where, just as you suggested, you say, well, this thing is going to cost you um, uh, a little bit more, uh, and, um, you know, if you want that, you have to be willing to pay that, either because it's less of an essential medication uh, or it might uh, be more, more costly to the insurance plan. And we definitely want to keep, and there, there are some... Um, some ways that insurance has been structured or performance, monitoring the quality of provider care has, has led to some of those uh, bad incentives that have led providers to, you know, be less uh, willing to see patients that are more complicated, patients that might be having more difficulty taking their medications. We, we absolutely want to avoid that um, in, in, you know, the ways that we structure the system. You're listening to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. We're speaking with Dr. John Piet. He's a VA senior research career scientist and professor of internal medicine at the University of Michigan. Uh, Dr. Piet, you raised this issue of where doctors get their information. Um, Is that a a critical area of importance these days? Um, It absolutely is. And and let me say, although I'm not a a physician myself, I'm a health services researcher by training, although in my faculty appointments in medicine, um, I'm I'm very, very sympathetic to the situation that doctors find themselves in nowadays. Um, They're under incredible pressure to see large numbers of patients with very little time. They often work on a very tight economic margin in their practice, so they don't necessarily have the resources to hire the additional staff that could provide education or help them get the information they need to make the best decision. It's a very, very difficult job and and getting even harder than ever in primary care, 
but with that said, yeah, unfortunately, partly because of that situation, um, knowing where providers are getting their information is really, really key. And uh, one of the most effective ways to change provider practice is called physician detailing. And this is something that was really developed in the pharmaceutical industry uh, to have one-on-one uh, interactions with doctors to provide them with information about new treatments, you know, really with the goal of selling those treatments, often with a very, very honest um, intention that uh, the, the drug company thinks they have a blockbuster drug that can help a lot of people, and they want to let the providers know. Uh, but a physician detailing is very effective and not always the most objective way to get information. Um, so there have been efforts to help providers get more objective information through other kinds of what they call academic detailing that provides more objective evidence. And there's been some more efforts in academic medical centers and other health systems to kind of protect providers from this kind of onslaught of pressure uh, from industry uh, to, to really bias them or influence them in ways that uh, might not be in the, in the patient's best interest. John, you've really hit on a critical issue there. We're going to need to address that, address the issue of how physicians are educated in more detail. Uh, No question about that. Um, We still have a lot to cover about health services research, and so what I want to do is bring you back next week uh, when we can talk about some of your work on how well people use their medicines and, and how that's studied. I think our listeners are going to find it very informative Maybe they already realize that patients don't take their medicines quite as well as maybe they should and maybe not as well as the doctors would like and certainly not as the medications are prescribed. Well, please join us uh, next week for that discussion. That's our show for today. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Our show has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Until next week, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com, DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.